Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Western New York race fans, it's time to crank it up. Start your engine! For the next hour, the airwaves belong to you. Sit down, strap in, and let's head to WGR's Fast Track. All right, take a nice big deep breath, buddy. With your host, let's go out there and have a good day, all right, bud? Dave Buchanan. Fans, 1103 here on WGR Sports Radio 550, and welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening, as always. And I guess you could call this our Watkins Glen pre-show. I don't know, Watkins Glen Eve here on the program next Sunday. Uh, we should be coming to you live from Watkins Glen International, uh, the site of the GoBowling.com at the Glen next Sunday for the NASCAR Monster Energy Cup Series. Uh, we'll be on... At least from 11 to noon. We may even be on as early as 10 to noon. Uh, still waiting for confirmation, but uh, all signs pointing to a lo- at least being on the air from 11 to noon live from the Glen next Sunday. And uh, we're going to be talking about that with Michael Printup from Watkins Glen International. The Prez is going to join us in studio here in the second half of our program. Uh, but lots to get to, including the very uh, somewhat dramatic finish here, the Formula One race from Germany, the German Grand Prix. Uh, it's been an interesting morning. Uh, not a great one for Mercedes in their home country, by the way. Uh, Lewis Hamilton has spun out twice and had a five-second pit road penalty. He is running 11th, and they're on the last lap of the race. Uh, his teammate uh, has crashed out of the race, uh, Valtteri Bodas. He has crashed out. So Max Verstappen here is en-, en route to victory. He's up by six, uh, almost seven seconds on Sebastian Vettel. So Verstappen's going to win this for Red Bull. Uh, Vettel's gone from fourth to second just the last couple of laps. He went by Danny Kvyat and Lance Stroll. And then Carlos Sainz is right now rounding at the top five. But, yes, your winner is uh, Max Verstappen in Germany, uh, winning the German Grand Prix for Red Bull today. Uh, but just had it on in the studio. And, hey, it's just interesting when uh, it wasn't when it's not Lewis Hamilton winning an F1 race these days. So worth mentioning here this morning on the program. So Verstappen, Vettel, Kvyat uh, is your podium today uh, at – uh, Germany for the uh, German Grand Prix, part of a very busy racing day. If you're the type that likes to spend their Sundays watching racing or listening to racing here on the radio, uh, is because we've got Formula One just wrapping up. We've got NASCAR and Pocono today, which uh, we'll have the race here on WGR, I believe, um, for the Gander RV 400 green flag coming up just after three o'clock this afternoon. Joey Lagan or Kevin Harvick, who picked up his first win of the season last week in Loudoun, uh, is on the pole alongside Joey Logano, Eric Almarola, Eric Jones, Austin Dillon, Jimmy Johnson, Kyle Busch, William Byron, Kurt Busch, and Daniel Suarez, your top 10 starters. You've got IndyCar today in mid-Ohio, not a far ride here from Western New York, and I know some people that made the trek up there today, including my neighbor of all people. Um, but Will Power is on the pole for that one. Uh, for Penske Racing today at Mid-Ohio. Alexander Rossi, who's got himself a new contract extension with Andretti Autosport and Napa Auto Parts, will start second today. Uh, Joseph Newgarden and Simon Pagino give Penske three out of the top four starting spots in today's race there. Sebastian Bourdais, Felix Rosenquist, Colton Herta, Scott Dixon, Jack Harvey, and Ryan Hunter are your top ten starters for the IndyCar race. And then you've got NHRA out west in Sonoma, California for their uh, national event today there. Uh, top qualifiers include Alex Laughlin in Pro Stock, um, Robert Height in Funny Car, and I believe Steve Torrance, uh, excuse me, Clay Milliken is your number one qualifier in Top Fuel today, and, and uh, notably in Top Fuel, uh, can anybody stop Steve Torrance? Torrance is on a tear, to use a pun, I guess, to be punny about it. Steve Torrance, the defending uh, Top Fuel champion, 
has won eight out of the last nine national events in top fuel, going back to the four wide nationals in Charlotte at the end of April. Uh, he has won every top fuel event except for Bristol in mid-June. So he's won eight in a, uh, almost eight in a row, eight out of nine for uh, Steve Torrance. Uh, of course, similar to the, his run last year when he swept the uh, postseason for NHRA en route to his uh, top fuel championship last year, winning six in a row. And he won, I think it was 11 overall last year. He's up to eight here in 2019, including eight out of the last nine. So lots on uh, TV today, racing-wise, between that. If you watch the F1 race, NASCAR, IndyCar, and NHRA, and uh, the NASCAR race here on WGR coming up uh, just after 3 o'clock at the Tricky Triangle, or shall we call it the Sticky Triangle, uh, because Pocono, uh, to after a less-than-stellar first event at the uh, Pocono Raceway, uh, earlier this summer, back in the month of June, uh, NASCAR has uh, talked to some folks in the, inside the industry and drivers and teams and got some feedback, and uh, they've applied some PJ1, the uh, traction compound, so to speak, to try and improve the racing and give these guys uh, more than one lane of racing and try and improve the action uh, for today's race at Pocono, Pennsylvania. So we'll see how that develops and if we can get a little bit better race there at Pocono uh, going ahead today as a uh, the final uh, July race at Pocono after because uh, next year it's going to be a uh, double header at the uh, Tricky Triangle in Pocono with uh, two races in one weekend for the Cup Series at Pocono next year in the final weekend of June and what a crazy schedule that uh, is going to be because that just got announced this weekend and uh, NASCAR again going to run two Cup races at Pocono next season one on Saturday one on Sunday. Included plus they're gonna have Arca, Trucks, and Xfinity all there in one weekend. So you'll get five races that last weekend in June in Pocono, Pennsylvania. Couple run a 350 mile race on Saturday, and then uh, th that will have the traditional uh, time trials to set the field. Sunday's race I think is very intriguing. Uh, they haven't announced how long it's gonna be though. Uh, I'm hoping it's a much shorter race, like 300 or 250 miles. But they're gonna line up the field Sunday. They're going to invert all the lead lap finishers on set, set from Saturday's race to start the field on Sunday, and I, I find that very interesting. So say the last car in the lead lap finishes 25th on Saturday, they will start on the pole uh, on Sunday next year at Pocono, and the guy that wins the Saturday race will start 25th on Sunday. So that uh, that's that could be a lot of fun. Just The, the Sunday race right now on paper uh, could be the more exciting of the two events. And uh, actually, Sunday is even a doubleheader because you'll get an Xfinity race Sunday before the Cup race. So, I mean, if it rains that weekend, it's going to be just hell for the folks at Pocono to get some racing in. But, yeah, Thursday is ARCA. Friday is uh, practice and qualifying and, and Cup practice. Saturday is Truck Series race and then Cup Series race. And then Sunday is Xfinity and Cup at Pocono, and that is just a crazy schedule next year. Actually, I'm going to ask Michael Prince about that. i got a lot of stuff to ask Michael Prince of when we have him in here in studio uh, coming up in the second segment of the program. But, I mean, looking ahead today's race, we're getting towards the end of the regular season, and I'll tell you what, uh, the, this playoff picture is a little bit more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I, we talk about how things are kind of set coming out of the Coke 600 in Charlotte in May and not a lot of movement, but uh, this race for the who's going to make it in on points is getting a little intriguing just because of the fact of some of the names here floating around 16th, and especially the names floating outside of the top 16. Jimmy Johnson is 17th in points right now. Yes, Jimmy Johnson, Mr. Seven-Time himself. He's finished 30th the last two weeks in the Cup Series and has fallen out of a playoff spot. Doesn't have a win this year, of course, so, I mean, he could 
alleviate all his issues by winning one of these next uh, five, six races, six races uh, on the cup schedule to, to guarantee, or five races to guarantee himself a spot in the postseason like today at Pocono or next week at Watkins Glen where he's never won before. But Jimmy Johnson is now 17th in points. He is out of a playoff spot. He is, uh, I think it's 17 behind Clint Boyer. So is Daniel Suarez. Uh, Johnson and Suarez are both uh, 17 points behind Clint Boyer, who sits on the bubble in 16th. And uh, that is very I, close to shocking. I mean, obviously, J- Jimmy has not had a great year, but if you told me back in, you say, February or March that coming into the race before Watkins Glen, Jimmy Johnson would be 17th in points, uh, I would have said you were crazy, but here we are. So uh, it's amazing uh, what what Jimmy's got to be dealing with right now. I mean, all the change for him this year, um, you know, not working with Chad Knauss anymore. The Lowe's leaving, while the the sponsor, I'm sure, doesn't affect his day-to-day routine or anything, but still that, you know, the the switch in sponsorship after having that relationship for so long, that still had to some kind of effect maybe at the start of the year. Not by now, obviously, um, but just a lot of change this year for, for Jimmy and the 48 team. And on top of uh, Chevrolet struggles, on top of the new aero package, I mean, you know, Jimmy thrived, obviously, for all those years with the championships under excuse me, uh, under previous uh, rules packages and everything. And now he has just uh, been struggling this year with the zero package on top of just the Hendrick team not being as strong as it was in his heyday when he was racking up all those titles. But here he sits uh, 17th in the standings, 17 points out of a playoff spot, along with Daniel Suarez, who uh, is kind of falling off a bit and, and disappointed to see. He had a good start to the year along with the rest of the Stuart Haas organization, but he has kind of uh, fallen off pace a little bit too. So both those guys sitting on the outside looking in. Uh, the next driver out is Paul Menard, and uh, Menard, uh, he needs a lot of help because he is about 60 points uh, behind Clint Boyer, so that's more than a race worth. And then after Menard, it's really these guys uh, need a, a wish and a prayer to make the playoffs or to pull off an upset win in the next six races because they're not going to do it on points. Um, so it's definitely... Uh, quite the uh, race here for the 16th spot uh, going into these next six races, including starting today at Pocono, Watkins Glen, and then moving on to uh, Michigan and the, and the rest of the regular season in Bristol and uh, Darlington. So, but uh, on the other end of the spectrum for Stuart Haas racing, Kevin Harvick uh, getting a win finally last week in a Loudoun. And I'll tell you what, as much as I've ragged on the, the product the last year, the, the most of this year, We've had some pretty darn good finishes the last few weeks in the Cup Series. Last week at New Hampshire, we had um, the battle there between um, the, um, Carvick and Hamlin. That was a great finish. Uh, pretty good race, too. Last week, allowed in in general much better than I expected. And uh, to see Harvick and Hamlin go at it and just guys using different pit strategy, which uh, doesn't seem to work as much this year or we haven't seen it as much this year. It was great to see Harvick and his, and his crew chief um uh, Rodney Childers go, go for the gamble like that, and it paid off. And Hamlin had the fresher tires, but and caught him, and there was contact. But you know, Denny didn't dump him or anything. They kept it clean, which is a good battle to finish. So we've we've had some great finishes the the last few weeks uh, in the Cup Series. I, I, you know, on top of that, you go back to Kurt's win at Kentucky, and uh, it's just been some uh, pretty good finishes at least. Again, obviously the whole race isn't going to be edge of your seat exciting, but 
Um, really enjoyed the, the last few finishes last week in the Cup Series. Uh, 803-0551, 888-550-2550. What I wanted to go to right now is uh, back on Tuesday morning, uh, Rusty Wallace was in town, NASCAR Hall of Famer, MRN analyst. You'll probably hear him today from Pocado. But Rusty was in town doing a media tour, and uh, he stopped by the morning show with Howard and Jeremy, and this turned out to be a, a fun couple of segments. The We can't get the other segment. I don't have enough time this morning, but um, – if you can, go back and listen to the, the whole hour from last Tuesday with Howard and Jeremy. They ha- we're going to hear a bit from Rusty here in a second. But at the after segment was very enjoyable listening to Howard and Jeremy try to remember NASCAR history. And it was the, my new favorite segment. I wish it would be it, it's like Howard picks the bills. I want Howard and Jeremy try to remember NASCAR as a regular segment on the show. Uh, but go back and listen to that uh, in our uh, on-demand audio. But here is a little bit of uh, Rusty Wallace with Howard and Jeremy here on Fast Track. Hey, this is cool. We, uh, it's not that often we have a Hall of Famer in studio. Maybe never. I'd have to actually think about that. Have we had you on the show before? I don't think so. The, I don't think we went no. had him on the show before either. Hall of Famer, Rusty Wallace. The reason I asked Network here in studio. is cool. because when we heard you were coming in, I was excited. Boy, I'm 10 years old at the time. You're the first NASCAR driver I'd ever heard of. Back in, you're driving the Kodiak car. Yep, that's right. And the year you were, you and Bill Elliott were going for the Winston Cup, and I was rooting for you the whole way. That I, I'm nine or ten, turn on NASCAR. I liked your car, and I'm like, that's my guy. That is cool that you said that. That was 1988, actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay. In uh, 1988, me and Bill Elliott going for the championship. He ended up beating me. I finished second. The following year, I ended up winning in '89. But uh, man, I'll, we did some crazy stuff back then. Uh, I, I remember going to the very last race, going to Phoenix, Arizona. They had Bill Elliott on a horse, had me on a horse. We're all dressed up with six shooters, and, <laughs> and it was a deal for ESPN. And we both looked at each other and said, we looked in the camera and said, it's going to be a shootout. You better tune okay. in. <laughs> you didn't have to do any riding. You just had to stand there for the photo Yeah, I had to sit the on the horse and hope the thing okay. didn't throw me off, you know. Well, hey, whatever. Anything to, to help the, the ratings and to help generate whatever interest Whatever it took, right? you know, back in the day. That was the ESPN stuff we did, and uh, they were pretty – they thought out of the box way back then. We were just talking, you know, you're, you're in town to promote the, the, the event coming up at the Glen. Uh, go bowling at the Glen on Sunday, August 4th. Tickets are available at theglen.com, uh, the annual stop at Watkins Glen. I wanted to know, I actually checked it last night to check your career stats at the Glen. You had a couple wins. Uh, how, what did you think of the Glen when you were in your racing days? What did you think of going at that road course? That was my favorite road course. I, we would race out in Sears Point out in California, and that was a cool road course also. But the thing I liked about the Glen is because it was mostly right-hand turns, and it was really a fast track, uh, meaning that it had a long back straightaway. Man, you'd be running 175, 180 mile an hour, hmm. and the front straightaway was super long. Then it had some really high-speed left and right-hand corners, so... It was a track that you would really rip around. I mean, you just weren't putting around that racetrack. And some of these road courses, you, you, you yeah. are just kind of putting around, in my opinion. But the Glen's not one of those. I mean, that place, you are booking around that joint. And the fans up in the Northeast, they really get jacked up. And this place would get over 100,000 people in it. I mean, it's a real scene. When you go to the Glen, it's like going to an, an event. It's not like you're going somewhere just for the day. Most people travel up there for two or three days, mm-hmm. and it's a great time. Well, it's a great setting, too, in the southern tier. And, you you know, in, in Watkins Glen, very scenic area. And you can uh, bring the camper and spend a few days down there. I See, it's funny. I would have thought, as a, as a, as a driver, 
that you would have found the road courses, I don't want to use the word boring, but I would have thought like the Talladegas and the Daytonas are fabulous. And then even Bristol, like there's, you know, there's craziness in the short tracks. I would have thought the road courses would not have been high up on the list for drivers. No, they really are high up on the list. I Is it mean, a bigger test for you guys, more challenging? You know, I, th- I saw the road course racing when I first started as an opportunity because everybody was treating it like it was a real pain in the butt. Yeah. They would take their short track cars like they would run at Bristol or Richmond or Martinsville, Virginia. And, you know, you pit on the other side of the car when you make a pit stop. When you make a pit stop on oval track, you put the fuel in the left side. On a road course, you put the fuel on the right side. So all they would do, they would take their short track car and change the suspension up a little bit in the front, put the gas hole for the fuel in the car in the other side. And that was it. And I'm like, man, there's got to be a better way to do this. So when I went to work with the Blue Max guys back in 88, when you watch me in Mm -hmm. 89 and all that, we built special road course cars. I went to the Bob Bondurant driving school out at Sears Point, learned all these techniques. I remember the day that I was learning all my stuff, Paul Newman was out there. (laughs) And they were were training Newman how to run road courses and stuff. So I really took this road course stuff serious. And when that happened, I went straight out to Riverside, California, one of the most bad that are bone road courses, and I won it. And then went, man, where did this kinky-haired kid show up from? Who is this dude, you know? Then I went back, and I won it again. Then I went back, and I won the very last race ever run at Riverside, California. And it's all because we took it so serious. I went and got schooling. We built special cars. I went and tested. And all of a sudden, man, those 180 points that you get for winning a race really pay dividends when it comes time to win the championship. Was, was it only two road courses on the schedule at that point? Or? There, were, there were only two. That's right. So there drivers were, just didn't really go out of their way to specialize for the road course. They didn't. Then. They just treated it like a pain in the butt. And it's yeah. like, oh, man, we've got to run this road course. Right. And a lot of time back then, they had what they call road course ringers. Really good road course guys that would That was come. their stop, right. They would run that one yeah. NASCAR race, you know. And they'd kick a lot of those NASCAR guys' butt. But then later, everybody got taking it real serious. I got to do a quick Google search because I don't want to get the guy's name wrong. But I, when you said that, I thought, is it Boris said? Boris said like really Boris good. Boris was like a big road course guy. Yeah, right? Boris like, said. I never is... hear his name other than road course. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and he's a big, tall guy. He's about six foot four, could barely fit in a car, <laughs> and just a, just a heck of a road course driver. Do you like, and I wanted, I was one of the things I was going to ask you about the rules package and how things have changed this year. When you sit back and you watch the races, do you wish, would you like to be driving in this day and age? Or do you think when you were driving in the heyday, it was more fun, more, ch- whatever, more adventurous, more challenging for a driver back then? Or is it better now? Man, I'm always going to say when I drove, it was, it was better. better. <laughs> yeah, right. That's right. what I'm going to say. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. But sometimes it. sports can evolve. Well, games can evolve. Things can change to make it better than it was 20, 30 years ago. Well, our sport has evolved. I don't think it's got more exciting it's got sure has got different, meaning that the cars are much safer now. Now they're running around a fuel injection. Now they've got two or three times the downforce. They're more they're stuck to the ground harder. Uh, drivers are much much younger. Drivers are different. There's no more Rusty's driving or Dale Seniors or Jeff Gordon's or Tony Stewart's or guys like that. You know, um, are they more part of the machine now? The driver, the machine is uh, they're they're a part. The driver now is expected to really give good feedback to the team, how the car's performing, how it's handling. And then they got a whole series of engineers that are looking at all that information and verifying what the driver's saying. Before, it was more seat of the pants for the driver. The yeah. driver would get out of the car and they say, hey, man, what do you want to do? 
And I might say, hey, let's change this right front spring or let's change this air pressure. Let's do this and do that. And the cruise chief would say, okay, guys, go do that. Now the driver, he's expected to come in and look at all these crew chiefs and car chiefs and engineers and be able to decipher exactly what and, and tell them what he's feeling. And then they go to the, all their computers and look at it. So it's got very, very technical now compared to what it was. And why has it gone that way? Because it can. And technology has developed so big time compared to when I drove the car. So, um, you know, it's. I can tell you I ran 200 miles an hour back in the day, and they're running 200 miles an hour today. Uh, so it, the speeds are really no different. It's just what's happening is totally different. Having said that, do you think you mentioned like driving by the seat of your pants? Do you think the team is more important now? I don't want to suggest that drivers are interchangeable, or, or are they? Has the team become more important than, have, than you could find a driver? If you've got the right team, you'll win no matter what. Like there are a handful of teams that are really dominating the standings. Is it different now? Would that have been any different than when man, you were racing? Man, I am very, very hesitant because I used to think, oh man, I think I'm one of the, the guys holding this team together. Right. I think I'm the one that's pulling. you got to have was, the elite driver. Oh, uh, this was back in the early 80s I was saying that type of stuff and I'm winning all these races, you know, and then I learned really, really fast when I lost a lot of my super team members and we started not running good. I said, man, boy, did I learn the hard way that there is no I in a race team. Man, I know everybody says that same thing, but I remember going out there leading these races and all of a sudden the engine will blow up or leading these races and come down pit road and we have a bad pit stop, you know. So it takes all these components to make these things work and put you in victory lane. And it really honestly is no different. Just about the time you think you stand back and pound your chest and go, hey, I'm the guy that's making all this happen. You get your butt beat, I will promise you. We have Rusty Wallace here in studio. I wanted to ask you this, too. When we talk about football, sometimes in other sports we'll have a certain number and say, boy, it's running backs. Boy, you hit the age of 30, you begin to see a drop-off. Is, um, I want, it's a long way of getting to. Are you surprised at all about Jimmy Johnson? He is out of the playoffs right now. I know some people have brought up Kevin Harvick, two 40-plus-year-old drivers. Is there a number, an age, where you think – when you're racing in NASCAR, it becomes a little more problematic. Yeah, but it's a lot, lot, lot higher than okay. it is football, and it's, yeah, it's a yeah, lot oh, higher. Sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean those are very physical sports where you're running. It's all about how strong you are, how fast you are, stuff like that. In NASCAR, in my opinion, it's all about how smart you are. Hmm. It's all about how much you know what that track's going to do, how you know that groove's moving around, withstanding heat. Yeah. Man, those cars get 180 degrees inside. I remember one of the races I lost 11 pounds and 500 miles. Uh, but, you know, I, I quit driving when I was 49, and I could have went at least three or four more years longer yeah. for sure. Uh, but I had a big opportunity from ESPN, and I got out of the car early. And early at 49? Yeah, right. Okay. That's good. Isn't That's, that crazy yeah. sound of 49? Yeah, yeah. I'm calling that early? <laughs> do, you, do you ever regret it? Do you ever think back, I should have, just would have gone for a few more years? No, not really, because, you know, it was inevitable. I was going to have to get out of the car. You know, I just thought I needed to, because actually I was getting burned out. I was getting tired of driving a car. I was getting tired of being on the road all the time. I was getting tired of living in motels. I was tired of not seeing my family. I was just getting mentally... I, instead of going there loving it and having this aggressive feel, I was starting to yeah, I get tired of it. My performance was starting to come down a little bit. Although my very last year, I still made the chase for the championship. Everything went good. I had a bunch of great runs and stuff like that. But if I would have went longer, 
you know, I wouldn't have been able to take advantage of some of the opportunities that popped up. Uh, say the ESPN thing being mm-hmm. one of them. I worked for those guys for 10 years. There's Rusty Waltz from the Howard Simon Show Tuesday morning. Uh, listen to the full thing in our on-demand audio section and listen to the segment after. Just listen to the whole third hour from Tuesday because, how, again, Howard and Jeremy Remember NASCAR is equally uh, just as good. So uh, go back and listen to the rest of that if you can. Uh, we get back. Michael Printup is here in studio, the president of Watkins Glen International as uh, the GoBowling.com at the Glen is next Sunday. We're going to talk about that next here on Fast Track. Hi, this is Kevin Harvick, driver of the Jimmy John's Ford. You're listening to WGR Sports Radio 550. And Kevin Harvick on the poll for today's race, the Gander RV 400 at the Pocono Raceway. Fresh off his win at Loudoun, New Hampshire. You'll hear that right here on WGR coming up at uh, three uh, Green Flag just after 3 o'clock this afternoon. I said Rusty would be on the broadcast. I am wrong. Rusty is golfing in Scotland, and I know that because our guest here told me <laughs> during the break. Michael Prince up, the president of Watkins Glen International. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for having me on. This is awesome. Well, one week from today, we're going to be at your racetrack with... Uh, I don't know, 50, 60,000 of our closest friends. What What is this week like for you? It's uh, it's crazy for the team. You know, you're, you're buttoning up all the fine details. And, and for me, I'm in like Buffalo, Rochester, Syracuse, Albany, Binghamton doing media runs. So yeah. uh, I'll put about uh, 2,000 miles on the car this week, <laughs> all for the sake of uh, the best racing in New York State. You had uh, Joey Logano in Rochester. You brought Daniel Suarez to uh, New Era Field. And then we just heard from Rusty's uh, media tour. But uh, it's fun having these guys come to town to, to support your race. Yeah, you know, it's it's awesome to have these guys come in. Danny's just an awesome young man, and, mm. you know, Danny got his start here. Yeah, uh, I, so love, I love the Troy Williams story, yeah. It's a great story, <laughs> so it's great to have Danny uh, represent uh, NASCAR, but, you, you know, everybody's been great. Rusty was here last week. We had a ball with Rusty, went back over to the Bills, uh, got to hang out with Tasker again for a little while. There you go. And, you know, best Buffalo Bill in the world. They're all great, but, man, I really love uh, Steve Tasker. I always find it funny, although he's He's a step. He stepped away from his broadcast role this year, Mark Kelso, because he works with JTG Jordy too. Yeah, it's awesome. And they're they're having Chris Busher's having a great year for that team. And Ryan Priest is coming, modified guy. Got to give him a plug too. But the, the, Chris is having some top ten runs, and Ryan's learning the ropes there in the forty seven car. But I know the years of Marcus Ambro running for them, they were always a big story coming into the Glen, but. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, a Chris Busher could pull one off next week. I wouldn't be surprised one bit at all. Chris is a great young man. I uh, got to spend some time with him in, uh, in Las Vegas last year, but uh, he's he's a winner, and it's just he's a, he's an inch off, and he's going to get it. Uh, how are ticket sales going? I know there was that report floating around. You guys were close to a sellout. How are things looking? Uh, can we go to theglen.com and still find some inventory? You can. We, you know, we'll probably we're trending to to sell out all the grandstands. But as you know, we have a lot of general admission. Sure. You know, back in the uh, back in the Formula One days, used to be a hundred, hundred ten thousand people there. We built a new berm in Turn One yeah. just for general admission viewing. Uh, it's one hundred forty feet long, thirty feet high. Uh, gets great views of from the start finish line all the way up the top of the S's so you got a great view and you got big screens in front of you so bring a blanket bring a picnic basket and have some fun man uh things have uh thankfully kind of dried out around here after things were so wet in May May and June uh, facility looking good and spick and span for next weekend yeah we did our tour yesterday place looks awesome I mean the team has done such a great job as they do every year but it's green it's plush it's mowed uh, all the campsites are marked I mean you know this is the big party in western New York for the year and uh, we're ready we just got to get the party going and get the racers here you mentioned it being green I I, something road course related they go when NASCAR comes to Sonoma in June it's brown but 
I saw a picture from Sonoma in March, and it was green, and I almost didn't recognize the place. I'm used to that kind of brown grass at Sonoma when the Cup Series is there in June. Yeah, you know, people don't realize how hot it gets out there. I've spent a lot of time out in Sonoma and the Napa area, and, and you know, in June, that place is bacon. But it was funny. I was with the president earlier this spring, and the place was green, and it was like, this is awesome. Yeah. He's like, too bad we couldn't can it. <laughs> or just spray paint the grass. That's right. <laughs> would look better. Uh, and then they have the goats that eat the grass out there, too. That's their lawnmowers, right? They yeah. have those goats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got <laughs> a lot of property like we do so you know fortunately we were green and green and mean we're ready to go and hopefully uh blue skies next weekend but uh not only is it the cup series but uh we got a you got a lot of things coming up next weekend the xfinity series knne series so uh, just give everybody the rundown for next weekend yeah it's awesome you know we got knn coming in which is just an awesome show on friday night um and then shortly maybe another month or two we're gonna have a special announcement about next year with knn we're gonna we're gonna build up our friday night experience so stay tuned for that one but you know great outdoors rv it comes on down they bring 30 40 rvs so everybody can party and have a good time but um, so that caps off friday xfinity obviously zippo I think it's 27 years wow. with us, 28 years with us. Uh, I was just talking to the owner, George Duke, yesterday, and he's excited about coming down, and that's an awesome race. You know, that 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 really caps off Saturday, and we're, we're happy to have Zippo. And, of course, so, and there's practice and qualifying all day Saturday. Uh, there's there's a there's a breadth of, uh, of racing that you can have out there. And then Sunday, obviously, go bowling. Uh, we're ready to go. Uh, 3 o'clock uh, on NBC, SN, um, and then we – uh, I think it's about 320, 318, and mm. we'll, hit the, we'll see that green flag. Yeah, 318, it says on the official schedule. And uh, you mentioned NBC, and, and I, they're doing it today, too, I believe, at Pocono, but the uh, radio-style broadcast right. is back at the Glen with uh, Dale Jr. out in the bus stop. Uh, the awesome Mike Bagley and the S's, and I, I enjoy... It uh, being part of the media, watching the race. Unfortunately, we're in the media center, but we do get the attraction, and I enjoyed sitting in the media center last year, listening to those guys call that race last year. Yeah, it's awesome the way they spread them out. You know, I can't wait to go talk to Dale uh, about the bus stop experience. You know, because that's that's the one and only in NASCAR, as you know. So uh, it'll be interesting. It'll, it'll be great to see his take, and the radio commentary is awesome. Michael Print up from Watkins Lenton joining us here on WGR's Fast Track. Michael the. Uh, schedule for Pocono for 2020 came out this weekend. Of course, they're doing the double header um, next w- next year with uh, the Cup racing Saturday and Sunday. And that schedule, oh my gosh, it is so daunting. They've got ARCA Thursday, uh, tr- practice of qualifying Friday. They're going to do Trucks Cup Saturday and Trucks Cup X- X- uh, excuse me uh, Cup Xfinity on Sunday. What do you think of that deal next year for Pocono? Well, it's going to be it's going to be a boom for the fans. I mean, you're going to buy one ticket and whatever they do with the pricing, I'm sure it won't double. But um, it's going to be interesting. You know that that is that's jam packed schedule. You have to admit that. I, you know, I guess we're going to have to see how it happens. I think two races and one weekend's a lot for the consumer to uh, to enjoy. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm I think it's a great uh, a great way to bounce things up, and I think that's uh, the creative part of that is good. So I give a lot of credit to Pocono and NASCAR for putting together something creative for the fans. So it's going to be a great TV product. Uh, so I think that's the other thing. They're, they're going to own the weekend, which they already do, but uh, they're going to really own this weekend. Yeah, and I find it interesting. Is is this just like a – because it's the last year of the sanctioning agreements next year in 2020. So is this, this just their way to honor the agreement of the two dates and but condense it to one weekend? Is there a chance – uh, if this doesn't go well in 2020, that say Pocono goes to a one cup weekend 
uh, in 2021 with the schedule. Yeah, you know, NASCAR, and I was just with some of the guys, some of the executives a couple weeks ago, you know, they haven't committed to any strategy changes yet, obviously. It's too early. Uh, I think it's a good way to do it. They said that the schedule's up for reevaluation. You know, and of course, I got to be selfish and worry about us. Sure. Um, you know, I, I'd love to see something crazy happen on our schedule. You know, <laughs> so maybe uh, we'll get to the, we we maybe we'll get to the think tank on that one and and try to do something that'd be fun. Would you ever go? Be- it used to be um, fifteen years ago. You had three separate. It was probably long before you were there. But truck Xfinity and Cup. There were three separate events at Watkins Glen. Do you ever foresee maybe separating? Maybe you do an Xfinity truck weekend and a Cup weekend, or Xfinity modifies weekend would be awesome and, and Cup. Cup truck or Cup K&N, do you ever see that happening where Xfinity and Cup separate again at the Glen? Uh, you know, I don't think I don't think personally I would vote for it. I'd leave it up to the fans, and that's how we like to judge things when when we do fan surveys. Sure. But I think uh, what I would like to look at is actually extending our weekend and and not maybe it's a Xfinity Thursday night. You know, run a two-hour timed race and really change up the schedule a little bit and free up more Saturday. I mean, it is a jam-packed schedule, as you yeah. can see, uh, on Saturday from you know 8 a.m. until 6.30 when the race is over. So uh, maybe something a little different and creative might uh, uh, might be in the winds for Watkins Glen. Yeah, I, I prefer, I guess, personally, the cup qualifying on Friday. I, I don't, you know, Saturday night. I'm kind of busy Saturday nights during the summer, local racing. So th- I'm not after that Xfinity race. I'm not going to be able to watch that Cup qualifying on Saturday late afternoon. Yeah, it's it's a change that we wanted to experiment with NBC and NASCAR. Um, you know, you know, I think last year a lot of the fans wanted it earlier mm-hmm. um, as well. And I know you're a fan, so you're one of them. Um, so we'll take we'll take a look. We're doing it again this year to see what happens. And um, you know, if, if it works for NBC, NASCAR, and WGI, we'll probably continue. But yeah, I'd and- like to see it go back to. That noon, one o'clock. Personally, as a yeah. fan, sure, yeah, but yeah, I know you're at the mercy of NASCAR and maybe even bigger NBC, of course, and and not a criticism, just no. just like to talk to you about the industry. I love your insights that you provide us here in WGR's Fast Track. Something else I wanted to talk to you about um, with the, the we've got the GoBowling.com at the Glen coming up this weekend, of course, but. And again, event ideas. I just I sit around and think about this stuff, Michael. But I see more short track integ- integration into NASCAR events. You you've got like places like Charlotte and Texas and Vegas that bring in the world of outlaws when they have the cup. You've got New Hampshire now. They, I think they built a little dirt track to run quarter midgets. Indianapolis building. They had that race with uh, the, um, oh my God, the Jason Leffler race yeah. at Indianapolis last year. You see Bristol and New Hampshire running short track only weekends. Now again, Watkins Glen road course, not an oval. And you've got a very full schedule. I believe me. I, I doubt you want to add more events because you have, the Salem Six Hours, the Vintage Weekend, the Wine Festival and everything. And then you've got clubs coming in that are just, you know, private events. But could you foresee doing like a, a short track event at Watkins Glen, like, I don't know, uh, street stocks and a, a modified race and maybe a dirt modified race on the road course somewhere? I always, I think I've brought this up to you in the past before, but that is that, is that just an industry trend right now to have more uh, grassroots tie-ins? It's it's definitely an industry trend that we're all concentrating on, and and just because it's your show, I'll I'll tell you, I'll give you the heads up on this, and anybody else that's listening or everybody else that's out there listening, we're gonna run USAC on the uh, paddock next year mm-hmm. as a as a test, mm-hmm. and um, so we're gonna get them in the paddock at the quarter midgets. Uh, we're working with Daniel Fry, obviously the president of that d- division, um, but as I told you earlier this year, we're gonna look to put in. Um, uh, and I'm going to call it an amateur track, mm. but we're going to look to put an amateur dirt track, uh, kind of like a hairpin, mm. um, inside the boot. 
so that you weren't just pulling my leg no. last time we talked. <laughs> no, I was hoping we'd get to constructing it earlier this summer, but we've been so busy and the rain killed us. Yeah. So it essentially put us eight to ten months behind schedule. Mm. But really just to put that on there, you know, if you look at the boot from an aerial, it's going to be a thin track. That's why I call it a hairpin. Mm. And uh, we're, we're going to get after it and, and see what we can do. And, you know, if, if it's just kids and amateurs, that's great. We don't, we don't want to take any business from our the track. Sure. We, we want to be maybe just have a highlight race, you know, right. just bring down some of those guys and gals that race uh, the local tracks and just have fun with it. You yeah. know, we're not we're not trying to right. game. We don't want to steal anything. We want to we want to highlight when you can put 50, 60,000 fans there and fans can come out and see that. And and uh, do you guys do you take a look at like what the World of Outlaws do and what in well not Arca because now they're kind of part of the family, but just some of these travel these local series that run across country. Do you look, see what they do and try and borrow ideas for them or, or just kind of follow what they do to just stay on top of the industry? Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, that's why we've been concentrating looking at it. Our VP of operations has been um, uh, sticking his nose in wherever he can to mm-hmm. learn more about uh, uh, those divisions and then see. Um, but, you know, again, we don't want to take it too serious sure. in terms of we don't want to put out there that we're going to steal races. Of you know, it, we want to We want to be able to highlight. And, um, again, that's why I call it an amateur track. If it's only for kids – you know, eight to sixteen. I think that's awesome. You know, something that we can do to help uh, help locals uh, get their feet under them. Yeah, it just it obviously it's becoming a trend in the industry. Look what M- NBC, the great thing they're doing this year too with the local tracks and trying to promote them. And they handed out all those victory lane signs to tracks right. across. So uh, I'm again local racing guy, national NASCAR fan. I'm I enjoy the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for the symmetry. Yeah, yeah. So I would agree. Um, Speaking of promoting, uh, you've been doing a heck of a job here in the local market, Walden Galleria. I love, ha- I don't like going to the mall, but it's fun to see Martin Truex's car when I'm at the mall, and and all those video screens inside the mall. I keep hearing Dave Moody's voice come out of them. So you, uh, big promotion here in the market, especially at the Galleria. Well, it, you know it's great, and we love the Walden uh, uh, Galleria Mall. You know, and, and growing up in Hamburg here, obviously right up the street. So, <laughs> but a um, little biased, but you, you know, Buffalo's a big market for us. And, yeah, you know, we got to keep this going um, in, in in our promotion. They are awesome. So we were just uh, meeting yesterday about you know what else can we do? You know can we can we have more contests at that car? Mm-hmm. You know drive more energy into the mall, drive more energy to the to the car, and mm-hmm. and um, you know it, it, we'll figure it out. But it's a lot of fun to do this kind of stuff. Media All Star Race at the Go Kart Track. That, there you that's go. Upstairs on the upper level. There, there we go. we did that with Casey Kane a couple of years yep. ago actually. Yeah. Uh, Michael, all right, just make your uh, one last pitch here with uh, six days or. Few days until people start rolling. Yeah, you probably got cu- customers coming in as early as Wednesday and Thursday. But yep. in this last run up, just give us your uh, pitch here for uh, folks to go to theglen.com. Hey, look, if you've never been to the Glen, you got to check it out. It's a, it's a lot of fun. It's an event. It's a party. It's family. We have camping. We have eighteen hundred acres to camp on. It's just a lot of fun to have it. It's a big big show. Um, it's on big time television internationally. So it's something to see. It's an event. Bring your friends, family, kids, kids, kids. Don't forget. 13 and younger, only $10 for the entire weekend. Wow. Can't go to a movie for that. And that's all weekend. Um, and then $20 from 13 to 19. So we even make it teenage proof of, uh, you know, so bring your kids. It's cheap. Uh, we have a lot of fun. And, you know, we got Genesee beer this year, too. So we're really, <laughs> we're really excited about that. One, one thing is we came in number two. Oh, the voting. The voting. You lost Tony Stewart beat El- us. Eldor. Yeah. Was that USA Today? It was. The best best NASCAR track in the country. Yeah, we owned it for three years. Out of the three out of the four years, we won three times. But you know, 
Tony's great. Dirt track racing is great. I'm glad they won. We're going to move on and, and start racing next week with Go Bowling August 1st through the 4th. Hey, they, they, it's a great lead. And Thursday night, we got the truck race at Eldora. We can watch that. And then uh, everybody can uh, head up to the Glen for Friday and Saturday and Sunday. And uh, hopefully, Stuart Friesen. Uh, how, how much? How well? Do you know Stuart? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, fortunately, crashed at Pocono yesterday on the first lap of the race. But he could really use a win to make the playoffs. And hopefully, he gets one Thursday night at Eldora. Let's hope so. Michael Prince up for Watkins Glen. Michael, thank you so much. Thank you. Again, busy time of year for you. And again, I'm sorry to hammer you about industry insights, but thank you so much. I enjoy and appreciate the insight as someone that's just in tune into the business. I I find it very fascinating. Again, theglen.com for tickets uh, next weekend. Goalbowling.com at the Glen. We'll be live from the Glen next Sunday, too, from 11 to noon, hopefully even 10 to noon. And I hope to see you there. We'll be back with more uh, Fast Track, including the local racing roundup. We get back here on WGR. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. Go back to uh, Monday and Tuesday night. Of course, last week here on the show, we had uh, Clinton Jeffrey on from Ashwick and Speedway. And then we wound up talking to Christopher Bell, the Xfinity Series uh, points leader, as uh, they were racing sprint cars Monday and Tuesday night at Ashwick. Monday night, the sprint car went, went to Rico Abreu, and then Christopher Bell... On the show Sunday, wins on Tuesday. Another uh, fast track uh, luck there for Christopher Bell as he picked up the sprint car win Tuesday night at Ashwika. It was a great couple of shows despite some weather issues. They got them both in. And uh, James Michael Friesen picked up a win uh, with the Race of Champions Dirt Sportsman on Tuesday. James Michael has got himself a little hot streak going. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, Thursday night, Genesee had their uh, gladiator race to for the Modifieds that got rained out earlier this summer. And Eric Rudolph, speaking of hot streaks, he picked up the win there on Thursday. Uh, more about his win streak, too, in a moment. Uh, Kyle Inman won the BEI Lightning Sportsman race. Brad Rouse won the Grit Sportsman race. Uh, Brad Whiteside in the mini stocks. That was Thursday night over at the Genesee Speedway. Friday night action over at Lancaster Dragway. Mo Alfaki got the win uh, in Buffalo Street Outlaws, as did Randy Jewell and Josh Williams. Bill Balzer got the win in Top ET. Tony Madonia in Top 8. Mason Fix in Mod. Lucas Salemi, third win of the year in Bikes and Sleds. And Donnie DJ Razor got the win uh, in Street there Friday night in Lancaster. Friday night, Spencer Speedway, the Race of Champions Modified Series, 65th Anniversary 100 over there at Spencer. And Andy Jankowiak picking up the win over Scott Wiley and Daryl Lewis Jr. Another great night there at the Spencer Speedway. Tommy Barron uh, got the win in the Race of Champions Superstocks Friday night uh, over at the Spencer Speedway. Coming up this Saturday night, if you're going to Watkins Glen, uh, come on over to the Shemung Speed Drum Saturday night. Race of Champions Modified, Rod Spaulding Classic, plus Superstocks and TQ Midgets. Uh, that is uh, coming up at 6 o'clock Saturday at Shemung Speed Drum, just down the road from Watkins Glen International. If you're going to be out there looking for a little extra racing on your Saturday night. Friday, uh, getting back to the results from this weekend, Friday at the Ranceville Speedway, Eric Rudolph wins yet again. Eric has won now four races in the last week, going back to uh, last weekend, including a Super Dirt Car Series win in Quebec on Monday. Uh, wins uh, Thursday and Friday as well, too, and also won uh, last Sunday. So uh, Eric has got himself a four-race win streak, much in the same way uh, Matt Williamson won four races in a row a couple weeks ago. Now Eric Rudolph on a a hot streak of his own as these guys go back and forth all year long uh, between Ranceville and the Super Dirt Car events. Uh, Derek Wagner also winning in the Sportsman Friday night at Ranceville. Dave Bailey won the John Susie Memorial Street Stock Race. Cole Susie in the Mini Stocks. Bubby Pollock in the Novice Sportsman. Saturday night action back to Genesee Speedway. And it was Brad Mesler picking up the win in the Crate Late Models. Bill Holmes in the 
uh, oh, the yeah, two, excuse me, that uh, Brad Messler won the makeup late model race, and then Bill Holmes won the regularly scheduled late model race. Kyle Inman, another win in the sportsman. Eric Wise in the uh, micro sprints. Josh Pangrazio in the street stocks, and Brad Shepard in the mini stocks. Greenlee George got the win in the Bandits there Saturday night at the Genesee Speedway. Merrittville last night, uh, Matt Farnham got a sprint car win. The action sprint tour went to Matt Farnham, who also runs Modifieds. Uh, Mike Bowman got the win in the 358 Modifieds over Matt Williamson and Gary Lindbergh. James Michael Friesen, his third win in less than a week in the Sportsman. Uh, Tyler LaFontaise in the Four Cylinders. Josh Schleider in the Mod Lights. And Saturday night, Wyoming County International Speedway, and a big thank you to Dakota Packman for sending these along. Uh, Greg Moulton, the four cylinders, Brian Hallett in the six cylinders, uh, Fabian Welter in the super stocks. You ask, who is Fabian Welter? Fabian Welter is the 2017 NASCAR Mexico champion. And uh, speaking of Daniel Suarez and Troy Williams, who we talked about with uh, Michael Prince up, uh, Fabian is another driver from Mexico working with Troy Williams. And uh, he picked up the win in the super stocks last night. So that was interesting. I literally had to ask Dakota who that was because uh, there was a name that was new to me uh, because he's a Mexican driver. Again, NASCAR Mexican champion, but uh, up here in Western New York racing. Cam Barber got the SST modified win over Neil Dietz and uh, Kevin Timmerman last night there at Wyoming County International over in Perry, New York. And again, thank you, Dakota Packman, for uh, sending those along. Uh, tonight, if you're looking for some action, Humberstone Speedway's got a full show. It's topless night at Humberstone. No, not people, but race cars. They take the roofs off the sportsmen and late models and uh, for an interesting look. And then also, uh, Weed Sports Speedway tonight has the uh, Hall of Fame 100 for the Super Dirt Car Big Block Modifieds. The big blocks have a busy couple of week, week and a half, you could say. They are at Weedsport tonight. Then uh, they make the trek down south. They stop at Sharon Speedway, and then they'll be at Eldora with the trucks on Wednesday and Thursday. Wednesday is a regular series race, and then Thursday they're kind of running in support of the trucks to kind of help fill in some of the gaps in the schedule Thursday night uh, with the uh Gander Outdoor Truck Series Thursday at Eldora, so that's a big swing. And then they turn around, and they'll be back up this way. Uh, the following Monday and Tuesday, of course, the usual Merrittville-Ransomville uh, doubleheader the first week of August with uh, the big blocks at Merrittville on Monday and then the Summer Nationals at Ransomville a week from Tuesday. So a busy time of year for the folks in the big block series, I'm sure. Uh, Eric Rudolph, Matt Williamson, Stuart Friesen, along with guys like Matt Shepard and Billy Decker and Larry White. Uh, you'll be seeing them all in action if you're headed to Eldora or if you want to come see them at Merrittville and Ransomville next week. So lots of local racing, lot, just busy time of year. you got Watkins Glen. You've got all the local racing stuff. Lots to do and see. Hope you check some of it out. And again, hope to see you Saturday uh, at Shemung Speedrome. If you are headed out to the Glen next weekend, stop on out and uh, check out the action at Shemung on Saturday night, too. Would really appreciate that. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Michael Prince up again next week. We're definitely on 11 to noon. If we're on at 10, uh, follow our social media. We'll blast it out there too, but we'll definitely, uh, at least right now, that's the plan. We'll be live from the Glen. Things can change during the week um, at the mercy of uh, our awesome engineering staff here at Intercom Buffalo. But if, if, as long as there's equipment for me to take, we'll be live from the Glen next Sunday. I know we'll have Dave Moody from MRN live and hopefully some more exciting guests. We'll talk to you next Sunday, live from the Glen here on fast track. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.